Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Pastor David Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor David teaches through God's Word. tripped up over the concept of perfection of good we think it just means unbending you know we think it means like computerized judgment that it means that it's meticulous but he's a good judge if we were talking about a person who was a judge we wouldn't just mean meticulous we would mean that they see the whole picture right and no one sees the whole picture better than God no one sees the entire picture other than the Lord As you listen to today's message from Pastor David, he encourages you that although God is a judge, he is a good judge. He takes everything into account, past, present, and future. He knows and sees it all. Therefore, don't fear him, revere him, and trust in his sovereignty. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast, subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor David in the book of Romans, chapter 10, as he begins his message, Foundations. Romans, chapter 10, verse 1, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Because they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Now, you might notice that this is Paul beginning to speak to God's plan for the nation of Israel, which we're not going to get into today. That's really more in chapter 11. So as we get into that in the next couple of weeks, we'll we'll dig into that. But today, I want to break down, first of all, this idea of a disordered zeal for God. Because I think it's really easy to read that and feel like it's saying God is just picky. You know, like I got a ticket for not having my registration in the car. I had the wrong registration in the car by accident a couple of weeks ago. And I mailed it in and then I got it sent back to me that I had neglected to include my like insurance thing when I mailed it in. Like when I got pulled over, I didn't know, the guy didn't say anything about my insurance. You know, I was like, well, the issue is that my tag, somebody pulled the tag off. So I mail in, but then it comes back because there's fine print that I didn't see all of it. You know, the guy highlighted one part. I didn't read the part that he didn't highlight. And I think we can read this and hear they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And we're like, so God's just picky? Like they just, they didn't cross their T's the right way and dot their I's. And God is not picky. He's not just running through a scantron, running down the list. Point number one today is that Jesus is the perfect judge. 
And I want to begin with that. Look at, with me back at Romans chapter two. To see how God judges. He says, as many as sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many, as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law because not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness between themselves and their thoughts, accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to this message of good news. What what he's saying there is just, we can trust that God deals with each of us knowing where we come from. We have different contexts, and God knows that is what he's saying. He judges based on who you are, how you respond to him with the baggage that you have and the, the helps that you have and everything that's in your life. He sees it all. And if you think about it, I mean, of course, the creator of morality and justice is a good judge, right? But I think we get tripped up over the concept of perfection, of good. We think it just means unbending. You know, we think it means like computerized judgment, that it means that it's meticulous, but he's a good judge. If we were talking about a person who was a judge, we wouldn't just mean meticulous. We would mean that they see the whole picture, right? And no one sees the whole picture better than God. He sees the whole thing and he takes it into account. He is a good judge. He's compassionate. And it's actually, I mean, it's illogical to think that our morality, that our compassion could transcend his, right? Because he made compassion, He made kindness. He made understanding. He gave you that capacity. So he's not, yours will not exceed his. But the other side of that, that people trip up sometimes in taking it too far and thinking that, well, because everybody's got kind of a reason and so God understands everybody. So really judgment kind of turns into mush and doesn't mean anything because God gets it. And so it turns into nothing. But that's not what he means by this either. He's not saying there is no justice. He's just saying his justice is perfect. It really is perfect. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus told us, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but can't kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, but not one of them falls to the ground jumps on the ground apart from your father's will. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Jesus warns us to fear his judgment. And there's a pragmatic component to it. He's just like, who better to fear, right? It's just logically, fear the one with the most power, right? That's who you should be most afraid of, the one who is the strongest. So there's a pragmatic thing there. I love that Jesus is so direct. Because he's good, completely good, he must deal with evil. He will deal with evil. 
And that's good news. I mean, think about how much we do crave that. We want justice. We want evil to be dealt with. This is a good thing. And there's no other standard maker who is good. There's no other judge who is completely good, but he is completely good. And Jesus, he couches this call to fear in his own character. Do you see that? He says, remember that your father pays attention to everything that goes on in your life. He says, the sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without his attention. That he, he knows exactly what is going on in your life down to the numbers of hairs on your head, how many I have that have fallen out. He knows everything. So we don't need to fear his character but we need to fear our own character because he's a good standard and he's good and I am not. And so we do need to fear our own capacity for evil, our own capacity for rebellion. He knows why we wrestle. He knows what's going on and he is so compassionate toward us, but he warns us because we lie to ourselves about it all the time. There are times where you're not ignorant. You just don't want to do what's right. And he says, he warns us to guard against that self-deception. Paul says his people, right, ignorantly refused to submit to God's righteousness and instead sought to establish their own. And I think we do that a lot. We know what God is telling us to do. We know what is the right thing to do. But we don't want to do that, so we appeal to some other standard. We come to church. And that becomes our righteousness. We donate or this or that. We make workarounds to not deal with the thing that he's telling us to deal with, to not deal with the sexual immorality, to not deal with the financial immorality, to not deal with the selfishness. Don't want to deal with that, so I'll go to church somewhere. Or I'll donate. I want to establish my righteousness rather than submit to yours. Again, he reminds us here, that we don't need to fear his character. And really, that's the issue a lot of times. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Thanks for joining us today for Main Thing Radio. There's so much to learn and appreciate from the Book of Romans. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, even though he'd never met those people. This is how it can be with ministry over the radio too. People are touched by God's word, even if you haven't met in person. For those who do live nearby Miami, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach on Sundays for our weekly services. We gather at 9 and 11 a.m. and at 1 p.m. for worship and Bible study. We offer Spanish translation for the 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. services. If you're not able to join us in person, join us online for each service. We'll be live streaming on our church website. You'll find out more and be able to connect at mainthingradio.com. Just click on About to find a link to our church homepage. If these messages have been an encouragement to your heart, would you let us know? Give us a call at 305 531 When you call, also let us know how we can be lifting you up in prayer. That number again is 305-531-2730.
Thanks so much for listening to God's Word today. We trust it has blessed your soul and renewed you in a special way. That's it for today, but please come back next time right here on Main Thing Radio.